and into the second episode of 2020 sees us set up in central London at the W Series HQ with CEO Catherine Bond Muir. After the inaugural season of the series, we said, did I get it wrong again? Fuck's sake! Catherine Bond Muir. Catherine Bond Muir. Catherine Bond Hello and welcome to the Motor Mouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. And the second episode of 2020 sees us set up in central London at the W Series HQ with CEO Catherine Bonmier. After the inaugural season of the series, we sat down with Catherine to chat all about her life and career. Be warned, she loves a glass of wine, a swear word and a dodgy French accent. Perfect for us. We hope you enjoy and don't forget to like and subscribe. Just search for the Most Mouth Podcast on your favourite podcast platform where you can also leave us a review. And don't forget to download the Motor Mouth app as well where you can get live race times, exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. So welcome to the 12th episode of the Motor Mouth Podcast and the second show of 2020. Alongside me, as always, is Mr. Harry Benjamin. How are you, old boy? Hello, I'm very well. Nice to be back for yesterday another podcast what you've been doing with yourself um living life with glasses yes. uh, for the first time uh which has been great because i can see finally helps um i've actually had a bit of a nightmare with my car I had a flat tire had to be I safe by the art yeah it was a whole palaver social media yeah to, yeah it was a slight in racing terms it was a slow puncture mm. so it didn't get me at first luckily mm. i was in a car park when it happened and not stranded on the side of the road good so it was all right did you have mechanics to call on uh, Nissan support does that count? Counts, I suppose. <laughs> Counts, I suppose. What about you? Uh, not too much. I was down at McLaren the other day at the MTC, which was nice doing Fun. doing the day job. Yes, in inverted indeed doodles. Um, and uh, I'm off to Saudi again. So, oh, nice. Yeah, a bit of WWE action, a bit of wrestling. Versatile. So uh, it's all go. But uh, but listen, enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Oh, but before no, we do... We've got a competition. We do have a competition. We have. Uh, because uh, today's theme, I suppose, and the last theme, really, mini-series we're calling it, is W Series theme. And we have, uh, courtesy of Kate Gray, Kate Gray at W Series, we have a W Series cap to give away across our Motormouth socials. All the details are going to be on that, on how you can enter. So make sure you follow us across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just search Motormouth and you can find out how you can win yourself a W Series cap. And not only that, Kate says, uh, pulled out all the stops and is going to get a bunch of the drivers to sign it for us Ooh. at the first round. So um, details will come of that very soon. Exciting. So, um, as Harry says, we're keeping the female theme going and uh, the continuation of our sort of accidental W Series mini-series following our chat with Abby Eaton. So today we're joined by Catherine Bond-Muir. I hope I've pronounced the Muir part right. We'll soon find out. Uh, the all-conquering and trailblazing CEO of the female-only racing championship, the W Series. Catherine, a former intellectual property solicitor with a sporting slant who was instrumental in the sale of Chelsea Football Club to uh, Roman Abramovich and the purchase of Aston Villa by Randy Lerner, went on to move in corporate finance circles. She hatched the W Series plan back in 2016 from her dining room table after the birth of her son Hamish and she's now heading the series into its second year after its debut in 2019 where young Brit Jamie Chadwick who I take the credit for because I used to manage her, uh, her Jamie Chadwick took the spoils in the first year and is looking to repeat that and get some super licence points this time around it's time to unpack Catherine's career opinions thoughts and plans so with that said we're honoured to have her a huge motor mouth welcome to Catherine Bonmuir cue applause you can't hear that, but <laughs> it's the live there. studio audience follow us around everywhere. How are you? 
Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it's a busy time of year. No one told me that in the off-season you work a lot harder than you do when you're actually racing. Yeah. So obviously I'm not a motorsport person, so this is theoretically the first off-season I've yes, ever had. Yes, very true. So what have you been doing filling your time? Uh, trying to figure out what's going to happen in 2020, yeah. <laughs> but we're already planning for 2021. You know, it's just where you know and how we're going to race in the rest of the world in 2021 so uh, before you ask i have no idea and journalists will, will ask me for the next year until we announce but 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 you know we're just having conversations and trying to figure it out fab well listen before we go into detail about the w series which we'll go we'll, we'll cover that later on obviously let's take it back um, a little bit about you so tell us where where was home where did you grow up what was life like as a child and were there any hints at that point that you could end up one day running a motorsport series uh, i was born uh on a farm in warwickshire i uh, went to school in warwick i have uh, three siblings. I'm the youngest of four. I still call myself the baby. I oh, used to get I'm very upset about that when I was young. Now, at my tender age of 52, I'm delighted at that. <laughs> and uh, it, I'm, uh, as I said, the youngest of four, but there are only four years, four months between the four of us. So, right. and no twins. So, every year my mother had another child. So, it makes two interesting Christmases I even bet, now. I bet. Busy. So, <laughs> yes, busy. And, and we're, none of us are short of an opinion either. Uh, so. so it's a noisy Christmas. <laughs> yes, it's very noisy, yes. And is that still, is home still up in Warwickshire on the farm or have people sort of dispersed and gone into other parts of the world? Uh, well, my father died last year. Oh. My my mother is, is still there, um, but unfortunately she's got Alzheimer's, so that mm. presents you know, real issues on a daily life. You know, I was, I had Hamish when I was relatively very old. So I was 45 when I had Hamish. So it just makes for, you know, interesting life. You know, you're, you know, bringing up this child very late in life, but because I'm so old, I've got, you know, a mother with Alzheimer's, you know, and I had a father who was very ill at the end of his life. And at that point, you know, W Series was being developed too. So I can remember in the dark days of the development of it, I really did feel as though I was being pulled in in every single direction. Mm, that must have been tough to manage. I, you know, not only the W Series, which is a you know more than a full time job with all the travel, etc., and everything going on at home. It must have been quite a difficult juggling act for you. Yes, it is. But I, I, I think it's a juggling act that women make. You know, yeah. lots and lots of women who are working full time. You know, are dealing with the children, and you know, increasingly as women get older, are dealing with aging parents and and all that that entails. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a hat tip to my wife, who who does a sterling job. She's got her own business. She's a wedding planner. Um, she's got a, a business called White Button Weddings. Plug. Um, so if anyone's getting married, um, she's your woman. White button weddings on all, across all the socials. But um, we've got two kids, another one on the way, and um, she does an, an amazing job of keeping the household going. Um, you know, visiting the grandparents and so on. And um, yeah, no fair play. So big shout out to all the women out there as we're on the woman theme. Yes, but but also I think it's actually very important to point out that men I think are now play, playing an increasing role in households. I mean, but for my husband, W Series wouldn't exist. You know, he he has a very busy working life himself. Yeah, he's a urologist. He's which is a, you know he's a urological surgeon, and um, he has in the last you know two three years become the main carer of Hamish yeah. because obviously the just the amount of time 
that I have to spend in the office and the amount of time that it took preparing this was extraordinary. And he was the one who said, you know, when I thought it was all getting too hard, it may not happen. He was the one who really pushed me and said, you've got to continue with this. You know, if it works, you know, it'll be fantastic mm. for you. It'll be, you know, fantastic for women in motorsport. Mm. Um, and, you know, he has, you know, put that time in, you know, changed, you know, his operating times to be able to pick Hamish up from school, to be able to, you know, take him into school. I mean, obviously, I do it as much as I can. But I think that the way families are progressing now, I think there's been this massive sea change of the difference in roles between the men and women yeah. in the home is actually decreasing in many yeah. households. And with us, as I say, it is... It's very much 50-50, if not 60-40 towards the man. Yeah, same here. I mean, I, I work quite flexible hours and I'm at home a lot. I drop the kids off at school an awful lot, um, take them swimming in the mornings. And, and I think more and more businesses as well, even if you're not self-employed, more and more businesses are coming better at having that flexi time and allowing for those kind of things. So well, that's, that's great to hear. Now, sorry, you were going to say something? No, I was going to say it must be brilliant to have that support. But then diving back further, I suppose, back to the beginnings of it, with if we're going on, on the sport basis, perhaps regardless of what sport it is, whether it's motorsport, football, whatever, it used to be seen as mainly a male-dominated industry, still is to an argument. Um, was sport always there for you from the very beginning? Were you always sport-inclined, regardless of whether you knew you were going to work in it? Yeah, I, I was a, a massive sports fan for the word go. So I played an awful lot of netball um, when I was a child. I played for Warwickshire through, throughout school. Um, and I rode um, horses. I, I was because I lived on a farm. I was lucky enough to to always have um, a pony or a horse. Um, but I loved sport, and I think that love really came from my parents, who you know I grew up you know watching TV in the 1970s when grandstand had every single uh, sport yeah, going. Yeah. So you could sit down on Saturday afternoon or on Sunday on one channel and. W- watch basically whatever you wanted and they loved athletics rugby my father was a massive formula one fan so that's where i got my passion from formula one when i was a schoolgirl, i was a member of warwickshire county cricket club at, at 14 swapped over i moved to the dark side i was a member of worcestershire but that was because i was slightly in love with graham hick and then i moved oh, back to, to Warwick, warwickshire again so i have been and you know all my family have been massive sports fans and 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 i think that that has been crucial to w series because what we have always wanted to produce is great sport i mean i i, I had no interest i mean there were a lot of criticisms obviously you know before we announced and before we demonstrated what we could do but i think that there was this view that we were either patronising women Mm. or marginalising women and and nothing could have been further from from the truth. I mean, clearly there was just... that There had been no window for women to shout from the rooftops in motorsport about, you know, this is what we do, this is what we're capable of. And it just struck me that it was um, important to create this new platform. And as you were discussing with with Abby last week, it is about a, a platform where women can uh, promote themselves, celebrate, you know, being fantastic um, uh, 
motor sports drivers, but also mostly important, most important of all, is to show that they are great drivers that can entertain people, yeah. and that entertainment is is all important. Hundred percent, and and we saw that when we came to Brands Hatch um, and, and watched the racing there. You know, it's close, fast racing. There was there was nothing half-hearted or slow about you want, it. You want you want to show. That's what you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to be excited by the racing. So let's let's well let's let's talk W Series proper. For someone who's who's diving in completely blind, um, didn't listen to the last episode of Abby. Shame on you. Go back and listen to it. But if they don't know about what W Series is, how it works, and how the idea came up for it, could you talk us through that? Well, it, it's a single seater motor racing championship. We're racing in F three cars. Um, all of the cars are the same. There are no teams. So W Series owns all the cars, and the drivers swap cars. Um, mechanics and engineers every week and that's to ensure an absolutely level playing field for all of the drivers oh, right. I didn't know that oh. yeah, absolutely so w- what we are about is demonstrating who the best drivers and the fastest drivers are and I'm sure we'll talk about who may win or may not win and, and succeed in, in this coming season I know by the way uh, right. you know you, yeah. th- you think Emma Kimmelainen don't yeah. you yeah. yeah well she's, she's certainly up there the super mum yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yeah. My, from my point of view, it would be brilliant yeah. if, it, if, if a mother could win. But I, my prediction is that it's going to be close. I yeah. think, you know, the top three are going to be there. Emma obviously was incredibly fast, but only completed half the races. Right, so yeah. she's going to be able to um, get lots more points. Alice obviously DNF'd on, on two races too. Um, and then Marta, she's, I think she's doing what we hear is a huge amount of testing in the off-season. Jamie's is obviously doing yeah. F3 in Asia, so is doing a lot of racing in them. So I think it, it's people are going to come out of the traps. Um, it's going to be a good fight. To, yeah, from uh, yeah, early on. And then, of course, we've got the new drivers and, and we're not too sure. What'll you know, happen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When, when you were sat around that dining table uh, back in 2016, <laughs> when you thought, right, here we go, I've got this, I've got this idea, you're chatting it through with, uh, with your husband, did you think then immediately, we've got something here, this is going to work? And, uh, and, and did the W Series name come then or did it come later and who thought of that? So I'll, I'll answer the second question first and then you can remind me of the first question because yep. I would have forgotten that by the time I've answered the second. <laughs> so would I, then we'll be no, in trouble. So um, W Series definitely came from our um, main shareholder called Sean Wadsworth. We, we were thinking about calling ourselves a, a lot of different things. There was a working title of She Championship that I never really liked, but I could never figure out what a good title would be. And it's funny is that he said W Series. To begin with, I thought, well that's a bit dull and quite generic um but actually what it's turned into is the brand and once it's established and everyone knows it then i I think it's fantastic i mean it, it it was so funny is that um we were thinking about calling it formula w and the designers of our of our brand um had formula to begin with and then had our w so looking like that, but the W had to be straight to begin with. And then when we changed that and went to W series, the W changed around. And, you know, we all got really upset about this awful looking W, but all it had been is sort of changed around. Yeah. So, and it was so funny is that the things that you look back on and we were all really uncomfortable. And now, of course, 
the W's are W and yeah. and it looks great. And I've forgotten the, the it, first question. Before I come on to that first question, which I'm going to forget in a minute. So I think I remember, <laughs> I think I remember it. Um, Let me write it down. It's so funny with logos and, and um, you know, brand positioning and so on. When you, when you think of the, um, the logo swap that they did in Formula One, um, and you know the music intro music for the oh for, there was you know, uproar wasn't there it's, it's absolutely absolute uproar, uproar. Yeah. everyone's like what a rubbish logo it's the worst thing I've ever seen who's paid for that you know that I could do that in my spare time now I look at it and I'm like god what did it look like before like this know, is the F1 logo and I like it now the, the one thing about the F1 logo is it wasn't until after it changed that I realised on the old logo where the one was yeah. in the gap rather than in the That's weird, right. yeah, in the yeah, weird yeah. Uh, thing oh yes now end. I remember what it yeah. looks like yeah. Yeah. Yes, but, but in the modern world you need to have a very simple and distinctive yeah. logo for apps and things yeah. so you can see it so RW is fantastic for that and we knew we had to do that but you you, know, you had lots of logos put in front of you and frankly yeah. I mean I, I can supposedly read a contract, a contract and draft a spreadsheet, but I don't know what works no. and, and what uh, doesn't does, does work. Any, I mean, does anybody but really? Who knows how people you do are going to react? I mean, yeah. We, yeah. Ours, ours coincidentally works quite well. It's, it's, um, we, we have the full Motormouth logo, but then we have an M um, and an M together, sort of overlapping each other. And, and we put that out there and everyone's like, oh, it's great. Oh, it's a great idea to, to create the, uh, the MM looking like the front wing of an F1 car. It's like, does it? Oh. <laughs> does it? Yes, it, yes, it does. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we stumbled across that by accident, but it seems to work for us. Anyway, the the other part of the question, go on, Harry, because uh, we've all forgotten was, what it was. I think it was. I think this was it. When you first so you thought of the idea, did you think immediately? Right, we've got something here. This is going to be big. Well, it, it was a couple of people who I know suggested it to me because I was trying to think about what I was going to do for a job. You know, I was I'd given up work completely I'd just given up my career because I was you know for a bit of time I thought that I may not have a child so when you know Hamish came along I thought there's nothing more important I've got no interest in working and then you know moving on you know a couple of years I just got bored and I wanted to do something else and when someone said well what about a women's motor racing series I thought oh that's a fantastic idea um <laughs> and then um <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we should point out that the, the, the action of drinking a glass of wine just appeared across the table. This is when we need cameras in, in the room. <laughs> and, uh, and then I did some research. And then where I thought it would, maybe it was actually not a great idea if men and women can race equally. But then I pursued this for a bit. And I couldn't believe the stats involved in women in motorsport is if you looked at the numbers of women in racing in single-seater series throughout the world in the previous eight years, year on year, the numbers were going down. You know, there was a hiatus at the beginning of Formula E um, where there were some women racing there, Alice and uh, Vicky Perrier and Catherine Lake were were in GP3, Danica Patrick was in the States, you know, Tatiana was was racing. But actually what was going is, is that year on year, the numbers who were, you know, obviously there were women racing in isolated races but not actually doing full series and things and and when I did that work I think it was only Tatiana Calderon was the only woman who was actually racing a full series Mm. of of single seaters so you know and at that point it was actually sort of an inflection point where you know, in cricket and in rugby and certainly in football across the world, there was massively increasing participation by women. But motorsport was just going in in the opposite direction. So that was the moment where I thought, actually, 
this is going to be controversial. Mm. So I always believed it would be. Um, because by definition of doing something like this in motorsport, it was going to be high profile. But I will stand from the top of the tallest building and say, you know, what we were doing, you know, was right. And more importantly, it was just needed yeah. to, to raise the profile of women. And, you know, the, you know, our detractors, if you note, have almost all been women and actually men in motorsport yeah. were incredibly supportive saying yes something has got to be done something has got to change because you know that the situation is poor um, and whilst there were lots of efforts that were being made to get more women in motorsport it just visibly it, it just wasn't happening yeah and it's it's amazing how over the course of 2019 the uh, the narrative changed and we talked about this a little bit with abby and and i, I was guilty of it uh, right at the beginning when i first about heard about the concept I, and actually i was when i was with jamie i think i was managing jamie at the time and she won't mind me saying that both of us at the time were a bit like oh what you know this is just creating segregation and mm. you're sort of juggling with it in your own mind you think well they're doing tennis they're doing other sports it didn't come into my brain at that point that this is about participation increasing the pool you know giving an opportunity i just saw it as oh, well this is the beginning of women having you a know, completely yeah. separate sport than men but gradually over 2019 my opinion completely changed i think yours a lot Jamie's, yeah. um, i don't know what carmen jordan's opinion is of it now but she was she she i don't think she was all that but well um, even even abby said she she you know she publicly said yeah. that you know she, she was a bit skeptical of it now she's racing in it it's amazing how much when you first launched the idea and getting people involved in it obviously had a lot of support as you said but how do you deal with the skeptics you just got to gloss over that and until you can prove something it must be very difficult to to justify it all well i think we were very firm and sure mm. in what our aims were you know we spent a huge amount of time you know obviously structuring the business and how it was going to work but everything had to be about the promotion and empowerment of, of women. Yeah. And I think that, that that's come through. I mean, I, I think a lot of scepticism has also happened because in previous attempts to do women's series, I think they were criticised because they did undermine women. They tried to make women sexy. Now, mm. we're on the radio here and on a podcast, so you, you can't see me. I'm not an obvious candidate for, you know... Oh, come on. Promoting oh, don't say women's You're wearing those hot pants and high heels. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> I would do if I could. <laughs> but you've got a lot of um, notable names involved as well when we started to set up the business and I suppose the sort of the backroom staff almost people, people like Matt Bishop, Annie Bradshaw, DC is a big supporter as well. How good is it to have them on board and, and helping, you know, develop this as a series after, after its inaugural? Um, championship. Yeah, it, it, it's absolutely crucial. I mean, I'd known um, David, you know, 25 years ago, and it was really David Coulthard's input that one cannot underestimate the impact that, that he had on this business. So it was sort of an idea that, that had been developed. You know, I spoke about it with David. You know, he was very supportive, but David did three crucial things. One, he introduced Sean Wadsworth, who became the cornerstone investor and has put a huge amount of business of, of money into the business. Um, and secondly, he introduced Dave Ryan, who's now our racing director, who is a complete legend in motorsport. Mm. Um, he won't listen to this, so I can be nice about him. I mean, if he was, I wouldn't. You'd be absolutely, but, absolutely it, yeah. no. <laughs> but you know, he is. You know, 
he's another person who has been a, a pillar of the business and it wouldn't you know the reason why the the motorsport is so professional is because he will not accept anything less than perfect so he spent a lot of time trying to figure out you know the best cars that we were going to have you know we scoured the world for for what he thought would be produce the you know the the best sport and would be the right level car for our drivers and then dc also introduced matt bishop you know his former comms director mm. of of mclaren and you know matt has been the person who has really turned w series volume up mm. across the world and <clears throat> You know, engaged huge numbers of journalists across the world who have written about us, and then obviously that starts creating ripples and waves, and we get more fans and a bigger audience. So, you know, there are a number. You know, this is truly a team effort, and I'm always embarrassed about saying, "Oh, well, you know, I'm in front of it," because I'm more than aware that it it just isn't about me at all. I mean, there can be a kernel of an idea, you know, but I work very closely and side by side with all of these other people that I've mentioned and we've all worked very hard to make it happen. And how pleased were you with 2019 not just in terms of the on-track racing but the the coverage the viewership um, you know the drivers that you had the skill levels and so on was it all you expected it to be Um, and do you think there's much that can be improved in 2020 obviously we can talk about things like the super license points coming in and the extra races and supporting with Formula One but looking back at 2019 did it go as you hoped it would well I think I just didn't have that many expectations (laughs) of what I mean because if you're doing something from scratch and you've never done it before I mean how can you Mm -hmm. have expectations I mean there were there were just various milestones that happened throughout the year that you know I was fist pumping when you know we achieved something and thought this is a real breakthrough now getting a deal with Channel 4 live on Channel 4 was an absolute fist pumping moment you know for the team so you know if you look at broadcast of motorsport in the uk we were the only live motorsport on the front five channels last year you know that you know getting that deal when we hadn't raced a race was absolutely extraordinary and then you go back to you know sort of having dc matt and dave ryan involved you know those deals don't happen without those sorts of people being there because I think they gave it the stamp of credibility because let's face it no one had a clue who Catherine Bonmuir was and if I had tried to do this on my own you know I I wouldn't have been able to get it off the ground at all so what it was absolutely absolutely crucial as a business is to get all of these people and get people with this proven track record in motorsport to give it some credibility before we'd actually race to race now thankfully we lived up to the expectation that we created for ourselves and you know that's carried through but another you know we were selling tv rights or selling you know sort of doing tv deals rather than selling um before the season started and we ended up in 340 million homes across the world you know if you look at the map of the world we you know we had deals over two-thirds of the land mass of the world you know it's 
things like that <coughs> were also you know crucially important and and you know when you're trying to think about you know when I'm you know spent months and months you know in a darkened room I can remember a lot of the time it was winter and you're working on business plans and stuff and and you can't ever imagine in your first year before you start racing you know covering that that much of of the world yeah. so, so there's some established motorsport series that would be very jealous of that I think in your first year as well you look at you know yes, like but, DTM Formula E all that but but what we did I suppose was you know tap into a zeitgeist and of what was happening to women and women Mm. in sport in 2019 and that frankly is luck because that female movement had not started three Mm. years before Mm. so you know everyone needs luck and that certainly was our luck i said uh, there was uh, one of our social followers um was asking about coverage in the states so presumably it can be watched in the states then it's already on we were on nbc yes but we weren't live it was delayed so I think I think people in the states got confused by that. So obviously, we states is uh, a key market for us. So we'll be working very hard to get live races there this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. In terms of uh, you know working the markets, things like that, for someone who's coming into it who's used to seeing you know loads of brands and, and sponsorship slapped on on cars in Formula One and and touring cars and things like that, you don't have that in in W Series. We you alluded to that earlier. So why is there no, is there plans for any sponsorship deals on the car, on the helmet, things like that? Or is it always, is that the W Series way of, you know, a blanket, a blanket ban almost? No, not, not at all. You know, we have to, we have to turn ourselves into a business mm. and our, you know, main income streams going into the future will be from sponsorship, from content and broadcast. Um, and, and I'm just thinking my other major, and also from promoters, you know, yeah. in the way that Formula One and Formula E earn their money. Um, but... We did have a view that we didn't want to sell our space for not very much money. So we announced our first sponsor before Christmas that is is Rocket Mobile Phones. They are absolutely unbelievable because they're, and, and this isn't, but, but genuinely, they're the most extraordinary phones. Because remember, you know, 20 years ago when it was almost, there, were, there was always new technological advances in whatever, in computing or in phones, and everyone was going, my God, look at this, look at this. And actually, in the last few years, that stopped. Mm. We, we haven't really done that. But I had that with my Rocket phone because it's a 3D phone. Oh. And you don't need glasses. And, and so all over Christmas, whichever Christmas parties I was going to, I was showing this was, I had a new moment of, I can't believe this. And everyone was going, I, this is extraordinary. So anyway, it, it turned wow. out to be a good plug. Yeah. But the genuinely, the quality of the 3D is, is unbelievable. And it's coming out of a phone. Oh my God, we've got one here. Yeah, we've got oh, lots we'll have here. a look later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the burning question. Obviously, uh, I alluded to the fact that you get super license points um, in 2020. Um, 15 points for the winner, is that right? Yes. Um, and then it goes down to about seventh place. 40 points needed, um, I believe, to drive a race in Formula One, practice a little less. How long is it going to be, do you think, before we see a female driver break through and actually race in Formula One, not just do a practice session? So I think it's, and, and you are absolutely right by linking those two things because I think lots of people don't understand that to get into Formula One or to get into a practice station you you need a certain number of super license points and similarly in Formula E there's new rules that mm. you've got to have them to get into Formula E too. Um, 
And therefore, you know, if you, if you look, look at someone like Jamie, for example, so sort of theoretically, if she wins here in, um, if, if she won with us, then she will go on to another, you know, is it, would she do a winter series with similarly do Asian F3 and yeah. try and get super license points there, thereafter, and then maybe go up and go into international Formula 3, um, if, she, if she wins it this year, can she do it again the following year? No, no she can't. Yeah. So it, it's just the one winner can't do the next year. And that is that is what that the same rule for all um, FIA feeder series they are, is that the winner can't go back. Because obviously what the FIA want to do is promote the drivers to go, once you've won a series, is you've got to go into other series so so theoretically you can't just keep coming back yeah. for w series and and then by almost default get into formula one which yeah. of course i would have wanted but yeah because you know. it's probably that cycle for you guys is probably going to be a few years in all honesty before someone gets the pool is big enough to bring through a big enough talent that gets the 15 mm. points in W Series, then goes to F3 against everybody, gets another bunch of points there, then goes somewhere. So, it's, yeah. so for someone like Jamie, she's got to win this, go somewhere else, do really well in another championship in these sort of early days before she gets close to an F1 drive. Real, it's a tough, that's, it's that sort of yeah. transitional period, isn't it, I suppose? And I suppose what it's also doing is, obviously W Series is, is now widening that pool and it's also getting noticed by big manufacturer driving academies you know you've got you know the red bull drive academy the ferrari drive academy and just the recent article i know you've spoken about it as well ferrari are looking for yeah. uh, females to add to their their driver academy and not just a, a marketing capacity to say they got one they sound like they're genuinely keen on on getting one and surely that has to come from seeing things like w series oh, beginning to it create be this big pool without it yeah, yeah. And, and we've we've got a few uh, you know the six new drivers that have been announced. You know they're young. You know Irina Sidakova, our Russian driver, still only sixteen. Wow. You no, know, but she's really impressive, and I was obviously on a high trajectory. You know she's from Russia, but speaks fluent English, so she's well educated. You know she has really, really good support. She's with a fantastic team in Russia, so I think for the future she may be one to watch because she's got financial backing. She's and she's got the wherewithal. She's doing and all she's of the right enough. things, yeah. and she's young enough. Yeah. Um, and you know, our two Spanish drivers are very young. Our two new Spanish drivers are also very young. I mean, Marta is obviously still mm. very young, mm. but um, th they all do have youth on their side. But there was, a, there, I know, there was a comment with Abby is that maybe the next one is still karting, mm. but maybe the next one could could be Irina I, yeah. I don't know but yeah. I think as you say it is going to be I mean I love more than anything for Jamie to be the first yeah. driver um, but you know maybe these young academies you know Ferrari and Red Bull what they will be doing mm. is looking at the 15 and 16 year olds yeah. and, and pick them up at that point yeah. and then yeah. they'll have a very different I and mean, easier trajectory yeah for sure and, and with Jamie though I mean regardless of what happens from here on in whether she makes it to F1 or not she's already made such a difference I mean the, from the days when I was managing her a few years ago to now she 
you went at Brands, I couldn't, it took me 10 minutes to get near her just to say hello because she was absolutely yeah, a superstar yeah. at, that, at, that, at those events. Um, surrounded by, we said with Abby, surrounded by those little kids with their little race suits on. It's so nice to see that sort of ch- change in mentality and not just little girls, but boys as well and, you know, dads and whole yeah, and families. families, so, whole, families. That, that was the thing. I mean, and Will Buxton did some brilliant tweets um, at the evening of, 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 of that race saying that it's beautiful but it's important I you know he's been going for decades to see motor racing uh, uh, day, on, for motor racing days and he said oh, he has never seen such a real genuine family yeah. atmosphere mm. and it was something that we didn't realize you know we didn't plan for it of course you say we want to attract families but actually they did turn up and and turn up in droves and you know i went you know onto the stat into the stands because i just wanted to see who was there and actually the majority of people weren't there for dtm they were there for w series Part so, from harry who's obsessed with dtm we can I get like DTM. Well, it's brilliant like isn't it it's I great motorsport i think it deserves a bigger uh, platform than it actually gets at the moment but also thing but things actually it also works in the other way because actually w series it's set the success that it's had it's probably going to have a bit of a, an effect on dtm as well because mm. people are going now to see that and it may even you know, turn the tide of different forms of racing obviously but overall i think it as well as the the male female divide it gives a positive spin to motorsport as a whole which yeah. i think the last few years has been on a bit of a decline you look at formula one people are saying it's boring this that and that and and Abby actually said you're you're quite into your Formula One. Is that correct? Are you yeah, a bit I've of a been, fan? Yeah. Well, I've been as I said from, from early seventies. I've been yeah. watching you know, Formula One. So, what are your thoughts on on F one at the moment? Coming in, I suppose from from an outside perspective, looking in from W series. What do you look in Formula One and go? What are the bits you like? And and do you are you are you are you a fan or are you seeing it as like a business point of view as well? Well, obviously. Uh, both. So I've, yeah. I've been a, a lifelong fan mm. of Formula One. Um, I always say one of the reasons why I love Formula One so much is that I love my soap operas. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I've, but, but unfortunately, I don't watch soap operas anymore. Which I always, so I always was loved Coronation Street and EastEnders, and um, and to me, Formula One was like a soap opera. Yeah. You know, sport is about stories and about the individuals and the characters and who's coming and who's going and who's swapping teams and you know what are the teams doing and who likes who and who's fighting who so i mean formula one i think had it all and then it had the the excitement of motorsport and racing to cap it off too so i you know it is a sport but it's also you know lots and lots more around it which is why something like drive to survive i think was received so well because it did open that up a lot more and and you know, I, I have heard from lots of people is that they started to watch Mo- Formula One just on the mm, back of that. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I had yeah. friends who had no idea. They weren't interested in motorsport in the slightest. And then they were messaging me about, have you seen Drive to Survive it's on a Netflix? Brilliant series. I love, like, I'm a big fan of Daniel Ricciardo now. I was like, you didn't know who he was about a minute ago. Like, it's incredible what um And you get to watch Lance Stroll being the... Uh, sort of petulant teenager well that's Formula 1 for you now I love love that guy Um, and on the subject of Formula 1 nice segue Mm. um, you're obviously supporting a couple of Formula 1 races uh, in 2020 in the United States and Mexico Um, an amazing opportunity for the W Series so how did that come about what what a great thing Uh, well we've been speaking to them for um, you know quite a long time Um, understandably they 
were reticent about us being involved in the first season because how could you do a deal when we say yes this is what we're going to do and of course we're going to be great and you know quite rightfully lots of people and you know including sponsors sort of you know I think have watched us to see uh, how we performed um, and you know they called us up again uh, you know many months ago and said would you be interested or still be interested because we were you know trying to knock uh, their door down to race with them and we said yes we'd be delighted but I think you know we've chosen a couple of real iconic races and I think just finishing having our final race of the steed, state um, of, of our year going through that stadium in mm, Mexico, Mexico City yeah. I mean you know, it makes the hair on the back of my neck just stand on end. I just hope there are some people sitting there whilst we're racing. So, but I, 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 it's a fantastic opportunity for us. You know, we, you know, Formula One have been, you know, really fantastic and truly brilliant and, you know, very embracing of us, you know, and, you know, quite rightfully too, because they see and you know if, if you see in in the press announcement ross braun's mm. you know announced you know he his quote was very much we we do want women in formula one yeah but you know you can't get it overnight and as as we've just discussed and it's a process and and i think you know us being on their undercard they demonstrate that they are being supportive of women mm. just t- taking us take take the business women away and um you know, strip it back. And if you think now, and you're going into 2020, um, second year of a hugely successful series that's, that's sort of changed everyone's opinion about female participation in motorsport and inclusion. Do, do you have moments just as a woman in business and in motorsport where you sit there and just think, what the hell has happened? Like, the, what an achievement I've made here. Do you ever just sort of sit back and take stock and have time to think, I've actually really changed the course of motorsport history? No. Well, you should. <laughs> no. no. And, and, and it is because one is that uh, we are not arrogant here and we never will be arrogant. And, um, and we are always striving to be better. So I think if you do stop and you go, gosh, look at what we've achieved, you aren't we great? I think it, it stops making you sharp. Mm. I think that I will have those moments and thoughts when, for whatever reason, I leave W Series, obviously through age, probably. But, um, <laughs> you know, and I will, when it all stops for me, and hopefully I can look on this, this extraordinary series, you know, just getting bigger and better, and then I can look back and say, that that was fantastic and I can be self-congratulatory at that stage but not at all now there are always you know so it always feels as though when you get to the top of the mountain you know it's like you know getting a channel four deal you know you you get to the top and then you can see the mountain range in front of you so there's always so much more to achieve and so much more to do that um that uh, certainly no complacency will will come in at all is the long-term success for W Series the fact it should no longer exist anymore is that the ultimate oh, good goal? question good question yeah I think I, I, theoretically oh. I, th- I think it's it, it's got to be but I think you know um, you know I'm on the I've gone on to the board of Motorsport UK and only 5% of licence holders in the UK are women wow so the you know, th- there's such a long journey to mm. go to. You know, 
that that number is not going to be I'm not even saying 50 50 that's mm. not going to be 70 30 in the next few years so so theoretically we sh- if we're successful we should do ourselves out of a job <laughs> but I think it's going to take a, a long a long, long time, time to yeah. get there yeah. wow amazing now listen um, I know you were looking forward to this particular segment <laughs> so this is Motormouth the second uh, series of it, I suppose. Adam Christodoulou stormed to the top yeah, step of the podium last it. time out. Uh, and Abby Eaton uh, so far sits at the top with four points. So you... Three and a half points. Oh, is it three and a half? Oh, God. Oh, she's written that on down. It. She's on She it. remembers that, <laughs> no, right. Well, you, hang on. You, before we started this, you were like, I'm not competitive about this sort of thing at all. She's memorised the bloody points. <laughs> three and a half points for Abby. So you've got three and a half to beat. Now, I've got... Um, Four clips on my on my little buttons here. Uh, most of them are to do with Formula One um, because we've heard you you know you like your Formula One uh, and you know how it works. Bit of team radio clip. All you need to tell me is who it is, the rough context of it, and where you think they are. Um, and you get where well, you get one point for each. Okay, so shall we dive in with number one? Yeah, you ready? Here we go. So currently, all Marshall posts are not reporting rain. The Marshalls must be having a beer then. It's quite a hard one. That's a really hard one. Is that Bottas? No, no. It's Carlos Sainz. That's hard. Yeah, that's a tough one. That was a hard one. That was a hard one. Well, you know, you told me I was too easy last time. Which Grand Prix was that? So that was was at the Hungarian Grand Prix. 2019. uh, Yeah, 2019. And they're all from 2019. Uh, and uh, it was raining on track where the marshals weren't uh, feeling the rain, so they weren't out uh, giving any flags or anything like that. And he said, oh, they must be off having a beer then. I didn't even watch that Grand Prix. Oh. <laughs> oh, Call yourself an F1 fan. <laughs> right, well, okay, let's see if you can redeem yourself with uh, number two. What's up? Do you want it again? Do you want a clue? The other one. <laughs> yeah. So, Raikkonen. Ra- oh, well done. done. Well done. That's one That's point. A point. So I'll give you that. That's Raikkonen. And uh, any any clues to where that might be? What or what's happened? There's a lot of swearing going on in that one, isn't there? I can't. Can't remember the incident. I'm so no. <laughs> Don't worry. You got you got one for Raikkonen. So got three and a half points for that. Yeah. I think. <laughs> so that was Raikkonen at uh, first corner of Spa when Verstappen just went straight yeah, right. to the side yeah. of him. Uh, okay, number three. Oh, have I been really hard this round? Probably have been. It is pretty hard. All right, here we go. Hosted, 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 hosted. E five. E five. E five. <laughs> 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 Love it. He's so so excited. Who do we think? It's got to be Max Verstappen. No. Oh. No. I thought you were mouthing something else. <laughs> no. There's no cheating going on. I mean, there's no cheating going on. No, no. We're, we're cheating and still not getting anywhere. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was Kevin. No, Kevin Magnuson. Right. Yeah. Why was he saying yes? Did Good. he do anything? He qualified P5, P5 in the Haas. Okay. Okay. That's a bit of a sad state of affairs, isn't it? When you're celebrating that much for P5 in quality. Yeah, but for that team, that was good. But it's just a shame in the races that they couldn't couldn't finish there. This next one, if, this, you, don't all right, if you don't get this one, then that is a real shame. Okay, <laughs> so no pressure. Here we go. Listen hard. Who's saying this and what are they talking about? 
on she, what the uh, Catherine the big the boss the crazy crazy lady she's <laughs> awesome tell, tell us more you, tell us more. you will have so some- that's happy. Hey, point the crazy, crazy lady. lady. Yes, we were filmed um, for. We're we're doing a documentary series that's coming out later on in the year, oh, and um, they did ask our drivers about me, and that word was used. Uh, was it a crazy yeah. much, perhaps, for your liking? Or no, not no. at all. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't think they described me as being normal or average. <laughs> no one wants that anyway. <laughs> well. Um, the bad news is you haven't beaten Abby, but it's a respectable 50% of the way. So you've, got, right. you've got two out of four there. Uh, so you slot bad. in second. Uh, a round of applause for that. Uh, but there's a long way to go. So that could that could go either way on that one uh, when we get the overall leader. But thank you for playing Moat Maps. Uh, so Abby leads the way with three and a half and Catherine Bonwell on two. Good stuff. So um, we've got a few more uh, just quick fire, slightly more quick fire questions to, to chuck your way. Um, First of all, um, it'd be interesting to know your opinion on um, if there is a young female listening out there right now who might be in karting or you know starting to step up into single seasons and so on. What what advice could you give to some of the younger generation who are looking to get into motorsport now and see a, see uh, something like the W Series as a potential way in? Yeah, I think you've you've just got to get into a kart and go racing. Um, I think there are lots and lots of kart tracks out there. Um, you've got to persuade mum and dad to take you down. Uh, you've got to love it. You've got to be fast. You've got to be good at it. And what all of our drivers have got in common is just a, a real stubbornness for not accepting failure or accepting that it's going to stop. And they're all, they work day in, day out to, you know, keep a motor racing career going. You know, it's not easy for anyone. You know, even Abby was talking about money last mm, yeah. last, um, last week. You know, everyone has a fight on their hands consistently. So if, if you want to succeed, you've got to be a fighter both on and off the track. Yeah, the, the off-track stuff is such a big part of things these days, isn't it? Um, what do you rubbish at? Real oh, highbrow question. Singing, no. Oh. Well, uh, no one is worse than me at singing and I'm not going to sing oh. well Thank we have uh, we have Tim here has actually uh, he's quite the singer he even has an album mm. Mm. Uh, I do I really do I actually do I was 13 or 14 at the time and I, n- no one will ever get out of me what it's called apart well, from no. my mum and Chloe knows I think but no one else oh, but he, he, you can't talk he's a singer as well he performs in musicals and stuff he's, he's there's all sorts of that's, that's for another podcast uh, <laughs> never ever have I sung one note in tune do you have uh, are you, do you have a favourite artist or, or a band or anything like that that you're no, I, I love disco oh what, what about a karaoke tune do you ever do you ever just bash no, out a karaoke tune no, no, you no, wouldn't no, even no, go no, near I one I couldn't no, no I'd break the microphone it would not even after a few, few glasses leave. of wine no because no. people would leave I think we should no. start a hashtag for this <laughs> um, get Catherine singing uh, oh so do you have any pets actually that well live on a farm you must have millions yeah well you've, well, grow, you've grown up with animals okay. yeah. uh, absolutely and at the moment I have a dog called Trixie who is a small Jack Russell and oh I love Jack Russell she gets into bed with me every morning has a cuddle it's fantastic oh. it's a perfect way to start the day oh, short I head. should say I should yes short head I should say obviously that's the way I would start the day with my husband but, but no forget <laughs> always with the dog now actually while I remember Abby has a dog and she, we actually bleeped out of the last podcast oh, yeah. do you know the name of her dog that was the question we were going to ask you do you know the name of Abby's dog 
Apparently you should. Dunno. Did she tell us in the end? Yeah, I, I remember. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember? Was it tricks? No. Was it? it was something. No, because I. I, I uh, no, I've I've got no, no idea. Molly. Oh yeah. yeah Molly. Yeah, yeah. No, but we're big dog fans. Yeah. Here. Every everyone who works here. Do you have an office really. dog? No, we don't. But I think in. we're going to have a day, an, a dog day, oh. where everyone can bring their dogs yes. in. Yes. Good idea. It really Good improves the, the work, the work-life balance. Um, so I don't think singing would be one of this, but do you have any hidden talents that uh, perhaps the public aren't aware of? Absolutely none. Well, no, not, I mean, I can tell a joke. Got well, well, go like, on then. No, well, no, you can't, you can't do that and then not say a joke. No, no, no. no. Come on. I, I, I know very few clean jokes. so I, You can do right. dirty we'll jokes. We'll put the explicit no, I, mark on this. I'm certainly not going to do a dirty joke because my dirty jokes are really dirty. But, Pure uh, filth. Uh, so uh, there were three little kittens and the little kittens were called un, deux, trois. And un, deux, trois were very, very naughty little kittens. And their mother said... Under trois, it is very cold outside. There is ice on the lake, but the ice is very thin. Do not go and skate on the lake. But what did I say? Under trois were naughty little kittens. So under trois went and skated on the lake, and the ice broke, and under trois, cat sank. Oh, oh. 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 hang on, hang on. <laughs> now, was that a French accent or a brilliant <laughs> French accent? Yeah. To be fair, I thought that was a pretty good accent. Oh. It's better than I can do. Yeah. Do you want to hear my, my one and only clean joke? Uh, yeah, go on then. Uh, I've, I've got two, but I'll give you one. Uh, probably the, the less funny one, but I'll do it anyway. Um, there were two fish in a tank. One turned to the other and said, how do you drive this thing? (laughs) (laughs) Catherine thought it was funny. Um, Can we move on swiftly, Um, please? Moving on. Um, (laughs) Let's talk uh, heroes. Do do you have a hero? Who is your hero? It doesn't have to be racing related. Could be family. Could be something else entirely. Uh, My most racing hero was James Hunt. Yeah. he was just a fantastic character and uh, I suppose my sporting hero is probably Ed Moses okay cool he was just the most uh, at the time he was the greatest Olympian he was unbeaten for 10 years and I actually met him on uh, my way I, I was in the same transport as him going up to a ball at Silverstone a Formula One ball um, many many years ago at, at Stowe School and it is the only time in my life where I went mute. Yeah. Couldn't speak. I was, I was in awe. Yes, really? absolutely starstruck. Yeah. Wow. wow. Um, right, we've got four final questions. We fire these same questions to all our guests yep. uh, and uh, see how different their answers are. Harry, do you want to go with the first one? Absolutely. So what's got you excited at the moment? Uh, new races in 2021. Good answer. Yeah. Um, if not being the, uh, the big boss and the trailblazer at W Series, what would you be doing? I've absolutely no idea at all because I thought one of the things, reasons why I set W Series up is that I thought I was probably broadly unemployable because the idea of taking orders from a 25-year-old wouldn't have happened, so I don't know. (laughs) Um, How much of your success is about luck and right time and how much is it about hard work? Uh, it is 90% hard work, but you cannot discount the importance of that 10% of the luck of, mm. of, of being there at the right time. And I think we came out at absolutely the right year when you know, 
women in sport and that that subject you know went onto everyone's mm-hmm. agenda I always love the answers to that question because yeah. everyone, everyone broadly agrees on that yeah. and I think it's, it's really insightful. Um, final one, Catherine Bonmure. What are you scared of? Rats. We've not I had know, rats. No, no, no. Oh. I'm absolutely phobic about rats. Um, but in, in W Series, uh, I know what I, I am scared of and that is um, injury. So yes. we spend a, a huge amount of time you know, obviously making sure that you know, the we are as safe as possible and, and have everything in place to to deal with any crash or, or accident. Um, but, you know, the drivers, I feel a very strong personal attachment to them now. So I would be devastated if any of them were injured. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, thank you very much for all of that. Thank you for hosting us at your beautiful offices. Yeah, lovely. It's a lovely place. And um, yeah, thank you for joining us for the, the second episode of our new series. Mm. And uh, I'm sure we will see you at a paddock and the W Series soon. Catherine Bromure, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and thanks so much to Catherine for giving up her time and hosting us at the amazing W Series offices. Uh, We'll be back with another episode soon chatting all about mental health in motorsport. And don't forget, we are giving away a W Series cap and it's signed as well by some of the top drivers from the W Series. So make sure you keep an eye out across the Motormouth socials for your chance to win that. In the meantime, if you've missed any of the first season or our previous episode with Abby, you can take a hop back in your chosen podcast player and find them all there. And don't forget, there's also loads more content on MMTV and the Motormouth app available to download on any device now. Like, subscribe and review if you feel so inclined. It really helps people to find the podcast and you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at Motormouth underscore. Instagram is at Motormouth underscore official. And on Facebook, just search Motormouth mouth in the meantime for myself and tim we'll see you next time